How's it going? This is Bilal with the Wallaway Foundation, and here we have two very interesting young individuals here. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Hanging in there. Chilling, chilling, chilling. Okay. All right. Glad to hear that. And y'all are in still in high school, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Cool, cool. And which grades are y'all in? Both entering senior year. Both entering senior year. Okay, okay. And uh, how do we feel about that? Excited? We, we're ready to get it over with? How are we feeling? A little bit of both. I feel like I'm pumped for it. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's, I think, the same like hesitation that all the other seniors probably have right now, mm. or just any student around the world right now, because of those like, you know, two-ish years that we had taken away from us because of like COVID and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I still feel like a sophomore going into senior year. I see, I see. And with y'all's, you know, with y'all's education here in the, in, uh, in the U.S., did y'all have to, like, how was the transition during COVID time? Uh, so for me personally, uh, eighth through sophomore year, mm -hmm. I was in Japan. So mm -hmm. my experience is very, very different from people here. Mm -hmm. So I think my perspective will be different than hers, but for me personally, Japan, um, it's an honor-based society. Everything's built on respect. Mm. And so when the government tells you to wear masks, everyone will wear masks. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, there's a certain lo level of shame that's a attached to that. Mm. So because everyone follows rules, for the most part, the spread was pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that society and culture, we were able to after kind of the first big wave, we, our school was very good at adapting. So we kind of did mix of online, offline, and try to stay online or in person as much as possible, um, which I think was very beneficial for me as mm -hmm. coming back junior year for her. She was online or mm. like very rarely some people in person, but yeah. it was easier for me to transition back just because I've been comfortable with seeing people and going into a classroom. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So on like the complete flip side for me, it mm -hmm. was, I'll say it, like the U.S., most of the people that were, especially the high schoolers, you know, it wasn't the same level of responsibility, I guess, mm -hmm. with like mask wearing and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so, so I'm Chinese, which has a lot of like similar cultural norms as like mm -hmm. Japanese society. So it was very, it was kind of hard on me in the sense that I had that same like honor-based kind of system ingrained in me and I was like you know when I go out I'll wear a mask you do you mm. I'm not gonna like force it onto you mm. but like you know going out and as a high school I saw a lot of people just like whatever you know it doesn't matter mm -hmm. and then also like <clears throat> recently I lost like a friend to COVID and so mm. that hits that. it you know mm. and like that it's not some old I'm not like it's not an old person like it's just one of us you know mm -hmm. like a younger kid but like, so it was, it was really frustrating for me in the beginning, especially like at our high school, and I'm sure this applied to a lot of other high schools as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of like kids just were like, whatever. And yeah. it comes with a bit of like the immaturity and also that also comes with a lot of, you know, the separation, the kind of loneliness. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people missed out on that kind of like growth period because mm -hmm. there was a lot of time that we missed out on like, you know, our for okay so for me like our freshman year sophomore mm -hmm. years and for a lot of other people you know their middle school years elementary school years those are some pretty critical years and I've seen like studies mm -hmm. about how a lot of like younger kids sort of just like 
cannot read because their parents didn't give them any help when they were at home. Mm. And there's other kids who, you know, their parents were really diligent with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're like way above their level. Right. And right. so it's really like that kind of separation, you know, it really sets you apart. And it really, I mean, that's what it is, you know, it's the isolation. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of difference and especially like, it was evident for me when we were coming back. A lot of people would be like distant or like just completely different people. Mm-hmm. And also just, so he said, you know, they were able to transition back smoothly. A lot of us weren't. A lot of us were just super awkward. It was, it was rough. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. We were in the same classroom. So we're uh-huh. thinking about the same stuff right now. But, you know, it's kind of rough. You know, you see some people who just, most socially awkward people ever you know it's not that they're bad people and it's not that it's horrible but you know you can mm-hmm. you can tell the difference yeah. between people who have the quote-unquote normal high school experience or when you compare people who you know just did it people who weren't like able to communicate mm-hmm. with people in person like that mm-hmm. or they like practice yeah yeah no that's, that's definitely true that's definitely Which is true. hard to think about but yeah. it takes practice to be good at talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see that it's like if you're ever in a situation where you're not able to talk to people for a couple of days or a week or something like that, uh, you can see that and it's just like, wow, this is... It feels bizarre. Yeah, it's extremely insane. bizarre. It extremely feels, bizarre. And it's like funny because it's used as like a torture thing yeah. for a lot of people, you know, like driving people like insane. Yeah. And you think about how... I mean, it was unintentional, but like mm-hmm. half the world got like driven insane just at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people, or sometimes people will say that they prefer being alone. Uh, but then, you know, if you really, if you're forced into that situation, as you said, like as a torture method or something like that, then you really figure out that humans, you know, there's different levels for all of us because we're all different. But we're not meant to be alone. We're we're social creatures. Yeah. We're not as you know, it's not like chatterbox, like, like all the time. No, but we are social creatures. We do need that human aspect. We do need companionship. Mm-hmm. And without it, we, we don't do too well. Yeah. But did y'all know that, you know, in other parts of the world, there are some people who didn't have the availability of technology. So when COVID came, they literally were out of school, completely out of school for an entire year. So some for an entire year and a half. Like there's some people who were graduating or supposed to be graduating, they're in their senior year, but because the pandemic, their senior year was put off for an entire year and a half. So, you know, it's very, very interesting perspectives depending on where you were. But, you know, uh, based on what y'all said, do y'all feel like, you know, the pandemic and what y'all went through at that point, do y'all feel like it kind of forced you to mature a little more, or forced a little more responsibility on your shoulders? Yes and no. We were given the freedom for uh-huh. a lot of the time to do whatever you wanted, but mm-hmm. for, I guess, us two specifically and just our friends, because we're in, like, the IB program, which is mm. the International Baccalaureate. So once we were entered, or once we transitioned back to school, um, in, like, our junior year, we were 100% just forced to be responsible. So it was kind of gradual. You know, it took a bit of learning over quarantine and whatnot but for me personally over quarantine I kind of just completely let go I did whatever I wanted 24 7 and a lot of it was also just like you know the isolation kind of thing a lot of it was Mm -hmm. like you know like not like oh I'm having so much fun you know it was the like Mm -hmm. 
depressive side of it, you know, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, it's completely different. So, like, mm-hmm. especially school online versus school in person. School online, I guarantee you, 99 or even more percent of people are, like, students. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure, like, even people at work, working from home, mm-hmm. weren't paying attention. Most people were mm-hmm. doing something else. Everyone else's, everyone's attention span is completely, like, burned right now. Mm. And then whereas when we're thrown back into school, mm. you know, it's, you're sitting down, or, like, if you're thrown back, back into work, you're sitting down, you're at a desk, you're supposed to be focused, you're listening to these long lectures that you can't put on two times speed, you can't turn on captions, you can't yeah. be snacking, yeah. you know? And, like, for me personally, I don't know if this was a thing for anyone else, but the masks were really warm. And it put me to sleep, like, every class they put you to sleep yeah because the warmth i don't know it's just like when i'm in bed or like I'm, i've got a blanket wrapped around me it put me to mm. sleep and i would it was so hard i would struggle to stay awake in class it's just a lot of different things and then slowly with like mask bands being or not but like you know mm. uh, the restrictions yeah the restrictions yeah. regulations whatever with those being lifted you know it got it got better mm-hmm. um yeah, it's definitely pretty big. Okay, okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. And going into this coming school year, y'all are starting school soon, correct? 17th. 17th, okay, okay. So 16th. coming into that, uh, since unfortunately COVID is still here, it, it hasn't left us yet. We, we, everybody's telling you, hey, get lost, bro, but he doesn't want to leave. <laughs> He's just sitting on the couch. He doesn't want to leave. But um, so what kind of restrictions or what kind of you know, COVID protocols has your school told y'all about? going into this school year? None. None, um, okay. So. And it's been that way for a yeah, while. Texas being Texas, um, which in and of itself is good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy living here, but I think the beginning of the year, you are strongly suggested to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless your parents wrote an email about how they felt it was an infraction upon their child's rights. <laughs> or some medical reasoning or whatever. But I think probably about a month in, no one was wearing it. Hmm. And it's really difficult to enforce it because we go to a massive high school. Mm-hmm. So we have a freshman center, 1,000 kids. So the mm-hmm. main high school is like 3,000 people. And just with the staff trying to police all of that, I don't think it would yeah. have been worth it for anybody. I think students would have just gotten frustrated and same as teachers and then admin would have gotten a bunch of angry emails from parents. Yeah. I agree. Um, it was actually really funny. I guess not funny. It's it's interesting to see, like towards like the January ish time after winter break is when it really hit. When literally nobody was wearing masks anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I I personally caught COVID like January ish, which is when mm. a lot of the other kids at school also caught COVID. A lot that's of that's when you noticed that everybody stopped wearing masks around them as well. I noticed it a little bit earlier, but it became really apparent at that time, okay. especially just after everyone's traveling, no one cared. You know, they were like, oh, we went on vacation. We didn't yeah, wear masks then. Mm. Complete, like, just whatever. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it was weird seeing that. And then, like, I got home. I got tested. People around us were getting tested. They were testing positive. But there are some people who, like, didn't care because with the regulations, some people, like, you could have COVID and just show up at school anyways. Wait, you could have COVID and show up to school? Right. As long as mm. it was, like, something 
something along the lines of like if you had um I don't know, there was if you had a mask on or if like hmm. it'd been like three days or something I was since definitely you had not symptoms. There was it was something like that. So. No, it's three days if you didn't have symptoms. Yeah. Oh, I see. So like let's say you test positive. Right. And then your symptoms start disappearing but it hasn't been two weeks yet. Right. So it's it, they see. followed what like the C D C said at okay. the time and okay. it was like you're not um transmissive or whatever. Yeah, the mm-hmm. weirdest thing though was even if someone within your family test positive, you still can't go to school. Hmm. So. That's interesting. No that's something I didn't know. Well, well, it's hard to track that anyway. A lot of mm. people were just... Well, that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying necessarily mm. that the rules were that way, but a lot of people were just chilling up like mm. like that. And so, like, I don't know, like, the way I put it after I got COVID and I got home, I was like, hey, mom, I have COVID now. She was like, what were you doing? I was like... <laughs> With how many people are unmasked at school, how many people are probably have COVID or don't know or asymptomatic mm. or whatever, you could walk down the hallway at our school unmasked or even masked and you would probably get COVID at some point. Yeah. And you may know, like you may have symptoms, you may not. And well, even then it's not entirely their fault. It's also like you wouldn't know either. If you're asymptomatic, you're asymptomatic, you know. Mm-hmm. I heard recently about like how COVID cases recently, like, or not recently, but like in general, mm-hmm. like the total number could be a lot higher than everyone even really thinks it is, mm. especially because so many people were like asymptomatic. Yeah. yeah. And some people were just, they had it, didn't get tested or didn't know. And so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's, you know, that's, it's interesting. That's insightful because with my personal experience, I was already, you know, out of school when COVID hit and everything, like, I was still taking some college classes, but I like online classes, so I wasn't going anywhere or doing anything. So I didn't get to experience the the whole thing that, you know, people went through, you know, people who were still in school going to classes on a daily basis. So that's interesting to know, interesting to see. But okay, okay, good to know. Hopefully y'all aren't uh, feeling a little itchy in your throat or anything <laughs> like that. I know you were, you were traveling recently. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, you might want to catch yourself a little <laughs> uh, but okay all right let's let's move on to bigger and better things school school in general maybe so, you want to 180 let's go back huh what about why not school <laughs> yeah let's, let's, let's turn <laughs> back go, to that. <laughs> go back but well speaking of school so let's say what would y'all say are your favorite subjects uh none none yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. That comes with a caveat. Mm. So transitioning from school in Japan. So I went to an international school. Okay. Uh, it was IB program all the way. So from K through 12, it was all built up towards getting your diploma. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty linear progression. So the way IB grades things is there are criteria, criterion A, B, C, and D. And that's pretty much how you do all your projects. Mm. So A essentially is a research portion or a learning portion if you're doing it for math. Then B is planning. And then, so for math, that'd be skills. And um, yeah, so planning out your project, mm-hmm. um, putting steps in place to execute what your criterion C or product will be. And then off of that, what I got really good at, but it's also something that I really think is very important that people or American, the American system doesn't do very well is reflecting. Mm. what went well, what went wrong, 
Hmm. And just writing that out and being able to get pe- feed- feedback from other people to kind of spill that out mm-hmm. makes you a better learner mm-hmm. for the future, but then also you can apply it to the rest of your life. Yeah, no, definitely. So I have a lot of classes that I would wanted to do there, but that mm. weren't available to me because of schedule restrictions, my credits and trash or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So the past year I've been pretty whiny about everything. <laughs> but... Um, I can I managed. <laughs> I still, my grades didn't suck though, which was. That's good. That's good. That was the most important part. Because I got to apply for college now, so. Happy for you. Happy for you. You excited to apply for college? Yeah. Um, the stress is built up right now, but mm. the moment, yeah, you submit all those applications, I think. Mm-hmm. It's all up to them now. The moment when you submit or the moment when you get accepted? <laughs> I'm pretty confident that I'll get it to at least one school, so just okay. getting that out the way is... Yeah, that's good. That's good. Praying for you. Praying for you. I don't know if you want to talk on this, but mm-hmm. it also is better because he knows what he wants to do, which is mm-hmm. very different from what a lot of people, mm-hmm. like in our grade or even around our age, know. Like, I know it's like a totally normal thing. You know, there's people who are like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what I want to do, and there's people who change their major five times in the first semester. You know, mm-hmm. and like both are perfectly okay and just totally normal. But I do think there's like it's fortunate for him. He like he has that kind of calm because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to do, which I think is really cool. And what was he wanted to do again? So I want to do kinesiology, and then based off of labs. Can you flex for the camera real quick? So no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's got it. He's got it. He's got um, it. But uh. Yeah, so I'll do kinesiology, and then based off of labs, mm-hmm. hopefully go into sports med, exercise science, or maybe athletic training. Okay. And then even from there, I like to do work with athletes, which is, I guess, what I enjoy most right now. I don't know what it will be in the future, but mm-hmm. in my mind, something that would be a really cool opportunity would maybe work with European sports teams. So mm-hmm. maybe like a soccer, football club in Europe, being able to learn a language, a culture. Um, but then also travel with world-class athletes. I think that'd be really cool. That's pretty awesome. That's what I'm talking about. How yeah. many kids our age, you know, can but tell the you thing, like, the thing their is entire that, life like, plan You're like trying that. to, I think, like this platform or the whole college application process allows you to do stuff like that, but it's also, it's not ride or die. You can mm. change your major um, in Japan. My counselors, they were very good about talking to each of us because our grade was so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, our class, sorry, and um, they literally wrote out all the professions they did before becoming a counselor, hmm. and so one of them was um, airline flight attendant, one of them canned salmon in Alaska, lifeguard, I mean, there's a lot of different pathways that people take to end up where they're supposed to be. That's very true. And so I think what gets hyped up a lot is that you need to decide now at people who aren't even 18 years old yet, mm-hmm. they feel so much pressure to do or to go into something that they feel that they have to be good at or have to succeed in when, I mean, it, you can, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Okay. And just because you mentioned that uh, little quiz question for y'all, can y'all guess what I majored in in college? Just off of, you know, what we've discussed so far. poli I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. 
<laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go in a different direction here that I have no clue. Arts. That's the same. I do like poetry. I, I do write poetry. I do. I do. I did do some make some skits here and down there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some hint. very interesting creative stuff. Create a hint. A hint? Uh, it does have to do with science. Bio. That's so broad. Bio is broad. It, was, it wasn't biology, but it was close. I majored in wildlife conservation. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I so, I that. you know, that's, it's very interesting that you said that because I was just thinking to myself as you were mentioning that, just like, you know, the, the, the jobs that I've worked and the jobs that I'm working right now, it's very different than what I was thought I wanted to be when I was younger and even when I was planning on my career, what I want to be and where I am now. It's very different. But at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you could discover a lot of things during the journey and you find out like, wow, this is something that I'm really interested in, something that I really enjoy. And this provides me with the opportunities and the ability to do things that I also enjoy. So you have to take in mind a lot of different factors into consideration. And um, I think that's something that our school system here in the U.S. doesn't really help us with too much. Yeah, there's a lot of flaws. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> we got a lot of work yeah. to do. But um, so that's actually a nice little caveat. We never really got to hear about your favorite subject. It's math. <laughs> yeah, the most cliche thing ever. Yeah, that's like, nothing wrong with that. You know, similar to what you were saying earlier, I was also mm. gonna like pop in about it. It's interesting to see how your interests change mm -hmm. or how you think they change. So for me mm -hmm. personally, when I was growing up, I was all. When I'm, I'm still growing up, but you know, mm. when I was younger, you know, like, I don't know, when I was like a toddler, early elementary school, I was all about the arts, you know, and mm. then as I grew a little bit more, you know, late elementary school, early middle school area, it was like, you know, man, I love, you know, I love reading, I love English, I love mm. history, all that stuff, and then, and then I started hitting like later middle school, early high school, I was like, you know, there's a lot of stuff I can debate in English and stuff, mm -hmm. and none of the answers are straightforward. Okay. If you couldn't tell, she, she <laughs> loves talking. Um, but you know, I realized what I liked about that was more the logical stuff. So you know, I started transitioning more towards like you know, I love the math and sciences. You know, I was always mm -hmm. I was like you know I was always good at them, mm -hmm. but it was like I wouldn't reach for them. You know, or like, mm. but then I slowly realized you know I always liked puzzles. I liked you know certain kinds of like. Little like I don't know Sudoku stuff like that, mm -hmm. and that's when I like it really clicked for me right now was like it's not necessarily like I really like math or science or you know English and it's back to the American education system it's very narrow for us you know it's set out there are four things you do every single day math social studies English yeah yeah English and uh, science right mm -hmm. and like it never really clicked for me that it wasn't just those things that I'm limited to and I'm realizing now you know I always visioned like my future my career something STEM related you know I, mm. it'd be interesting but then like now as I'm leaning more towards you know business and just I can work around and do kind of anything I want in like business fields I'm realizing more it wasn't math and science it was that kind of specific like organized logical kind of you know thinking that kind of problem solving that I was you know that I liked more rather than you know just straight up like Man, I love math. I'm gonna go study calculus for the rest of my Who life. Who needs calculus? <laughs> do, okay, do you use calculus in everyday life? I never even took cal. <laughs> I kid you not. High school, college, I never took. I took. I think I took pre-cal. Okay, but that was it. 
I don't this, even know anything from it right this now. This kid did a social experiment on their math teacher. 15 mm. seconds used, like, list of every three everyday objects. They said phone, toothbrush, and something else. You know what they didn't say? Calculus. <laughs> Therefore, calculus is useless. I don't know why we're teaching that in schools. We do not need it. It is so unnecessary. He's saying this to your face. I said this straight up to my geometry teacher's face. Uh-huh. And he goes, I did the, I did the thing on him. I saw the trend. I was but like, valid, though. let me, let did me do say, it. Did he say it was valid? Was no, it like, yeah, he's like, I never told you, I know, yeah, I, I just, he, he doesn't have to cut his name out, but he, he was like, I never told you, you would use geometry in everyday life. Pythagorean theorem. But, oh no. But, you know, but also there, he was like, you know, but there are some ways you can use geometry specifically. Other math, maybe not. But he was like, you know. When you, you see all my Instagram posts, all my, all my photos mm. I take, don't say Instagram posts. You're going to have to cut that out because that's going to be weird. But he's like, you know, all those photos I take, all the photos on my walls, you know, I use like, you know, two thirds rule. Anyone who knows photography knows that mm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the rule of thirds, all that kind of stuff. So like framing and stuff. He's going to give me crap about this later. But yeah, I see it in his face. He's gearing up for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, yeah, I, don't know, I think if you can tell I hate math. Yeah. I- I had I had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I had an I've idea. never been good at math. Uh-huh. Like I never learned. I didn't learn long division until middle school. Really? Yeah. Huh. I still know what a triangle is. So sh- hey hey no 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 let's keep going. No no I'm sorry. Like, what, what do you mean? What, what do you All mean right. So that? essentially, what she's gonna give me crap about <laughs> is that how through my incredible persuasion skills convinced my teacher uh-huh. that a triangle with the two shorter sides adding up to the longest side, that makes a line segment, right? Because if you think about it, if you have an eight and a two, yeah. the longest side's a 10, Yeah. it's 10 and 10, so it's a line segment. Okay, yeah. But I convinced my teacher that it was actually a triangle. I don't know how I did it, but she got so mad. You convinced your teacher that a line segment was a triangle? Yes. I don't think she was paying attention. She wasn't paying she attention. She was so done with him at that point. Cause... Probably because my grades are really bad. But, <laughs> but she did say yes. She said yes. Yeah, that's the most important thing. No, but she like, said you yes, can tell. And then she got so mad. Mm. I see. It's okay. With our dynamic, I'm pretty sure she was just done with us. You know, I don't think she said yes. She was just saying, yes, get away from me. I see. I yeah. see. That. We argue like siblings ever since middle school. Every single class. You can ask all of our teachers, yeah. They get concerned because they think I bully her. <laughs> I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> That's also fair. <laughs> they get concerned both ways. They're just, they're mm. just concerned, period, for us. Mm. Well, good to know. I'll, I'll have you know I'm a little concerned as well. <laughs> but it, it's okay. It's okay. I can tell that it seems like a, a healthy dynamic so far. I don't know what goes on off screen, but mm, I don't know. That's, that's up to y'all. That's up to y'all. But um, so we heard some stuff about, you know, your favorite subjects or the lack thereof. Also heard some stuff about your least favorite subjects. Um, so in general, in general speaking, like as a whole category, do you like or dislike school? Uh, okay. Okay, I feel like you're about to gear up for a whole essay. Let's go. He, summary, both of us like it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> He's a liar. The inherent intent of school is a beautiful thing, right? It's to grow the youth into in my mind, education, the whole education system is for, is designed to cultivate children to help them accelerate in what, or accelerate them into excelling what they need to, or what mm-hmm. they feel they could be good at, right? Mm. But 
I think what I really don't like about it right now is what she said. It, you have four columns that you go through. Mm-hmm. You have your math, your science, your English, your history, social studies, whatever, and then maybe your art, maybe your athletics. That's pretty limiting. Mm-hmm. And within those, there aren't there isn't much variation. And so, instead of pumping out unique individuals, in the education system just kind of just pumps out carbon copies of people who go into Mm. yeah who go into similar fields so like all the math people probably look the same all the science people probably look the same Mm -hmm. all the social studies people look the same and it's really frustrating to watch because there's a lot of people who I know are really talented Mm -hmm. or whose talents that we may not be able to see because they're not being exploited in the way that they could be Mm-hmm. And what's more frustrating is that there's no quick fix, right? The education system is so ingrained within society to change that would take hundreds of years. So it's a problem we're stuck with. I agree on that. I don't like, but. Okay, rephrase. Mm-hmm. We don't like the school system. We like learning. We like, yeah. we like learning just in general, mm-hmm. not like a lot of stuff. And I think that's the same that applies to a lot of people, but the way, like you said, the school system set us up, mm-hmm. we, no, it's to you. not learn, it's to regurgitate. Yeah. Yeah. And like, likewise, and it's like, this is a whole different direction of how the school systems quote unquote failed us, which is, you know, what a lot of people are saying nowadays, because they're, mm-hmm. you know, people, more people are realizing it, which is good, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. maybe hundred years down the line, we will get that change. It's going to be longer than that, but it's okay. It's going to be a while. Very optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, we'll take care of ourselves. Everyone else can figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, but okay, we're the generation. We have to fix it. No, we've been told this. I think the generation before this was told by the previous generation is that you're the generation that's going to fix everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's, we've sort of been building up towards this massive calamity where Mm. we'll be, the world will be on a knife's edge and our generation is supposed to walk over to the side that tips the scale to mm-hmm. continuing life on earth, right? Mm. And I think that, sure, I, I do believe it's our responsibility because I think we're the last generation to where damage is reversible. irreversible. Mm. And so, but we're not being equipped in the correct ways to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, our voices are very small, and I think the people in power are very delusion to what is actually going on because of the people around them are simply supporting what they say and not contradicting any of their thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. But what can you do? Yeah. It's true. Uh, on that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on that, you know, like, I realized recently, not even recently, but like mm-hmm. I've had this realization for a while, just people around you, the people you're surrounding yourself with, even mm-hmm. if the rest of the world's going to, burning up in flames, it's important who you surround yourself with. So making yeah, sure you're, definitely. you're not just surrounding yourself with people who are like, oh my God, you're so great. Oh my God, I agree with every single thing you're saying. Yes. Yes, no. men. <laughs> yeah. Or yes, so, women. That's, that's why we're friends. <laughs> so like, we're always fighting, but like, we get the contradiction we need. You mm-hmm. know, we'll keep each other in check. Usually it's him keeping me in check, but you know, like there's those moments and it's, that's why it's by 
surrounding yourself with the right people, I mean the people who will tell you when you're doing something wrong, when you mm-hmm. need to step it back up, you know, you're like, okay, I get your situation, but think, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. And it's important, it's people with the right kind of like, not necessarily right, but the same kind of mindset, that kind of healthy growth mindset, and yeah. it, it keeps it keeps you in check, it keeps you sane, and I mean, really, that's just, it keeps the world going, mm-hmm. and I think that's the same for a lot of people, and I think that's what makes, like, good friendships, good, any kind of relationship, that's how it balances out properly, mm-hmm. and it's just really healthy. Mm-hmm. Circling back to the education system. Mm-hmm. How do we get here? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh-huh. You put two ADHD people together. Who knows where we're going? It's just you, bro. <laughs> A well, real, genuine, said. healthy relationship here. <laughs> yeah. My, Your words. My, my answer was on topic. <laughs> no, well, no, go ahead. No worries. Well, no, it was like, not just, the school system's like, sectioned us off into mm-hmm. like, sections. Not just subject-wise, but also... Learning method-wise. Oh, yeah. We also put ourselves in cliques. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just yes. with, like... We're tribal people. I think that's interesting. That's, yeah. another, that's another thing. I think, I think that's just part of our nature, if yeah. you go back to it. Yeah. Going in circles here. <laughs> we're back to it with social creatures. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. And it's... It's weird, because, again, like, they're not supporting us with that. And mm-hmm. so, like... Again, with the COVID thing, it's just... No, we're going all the way back. Yeah, I have no clue. Let's keep going. No worries, no worries. But, so, one thing that I would like to ask y'all is, so, you know, when you get home, like, let's say you guys are at school, blah, 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 you know, you're learning or you're not learning, you're just bored out of your mind, whatever it may be. After you get home, do you find yourselves rushing immediately, passionately? Be like, I have a five-page essay to do. Let's do it. That's him. That was once. 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 He also never gets home, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I stay at school for a necessary amount of time because mm-hmm. I just hang out with people and I, I don't know. Sports, athletic stuff. Yeah, I just, I talk to people. I'm an introvert, which is mm. strange, but I just like the presence of other people. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily have to... Um, but I rush home to watch YouTube. That's, I see. That's, that's, that's why I have a vast knowledge on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing in particular. You said a vast knowledge of nothing. He's not it's watching nonsense. The, he's not watching like typical stuff though. I'm not going to watch Bozeman science. No, he's watching, he's straight up watching like, he'll do this in school too. Mm. Food videos, history videos, anything you can think of. The most weird that's probably the ADHD part. He's watching all the sports. He sends me clips. Oh, yeah, dude, look at this guy. He can lift so much. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's fine. But I think it's weird because it allows me to talk to a lot of different people because mm. I've seen clips. Mm-hmm. I've seen similar things that they may like or enjoy that I may have temporarily or for, viewed for a short time. Mm-hmm. But going back to the essay thing, I did write a 17-page paper. 14 pages. It's like, how many words? 11,000 on slavery. Huh. Just to say it's bad. But um, that was the only essay that I went try hard on. I don't know about the only. That was the only essay I went try hard on. You went try hard on 
a lot of stuff. Maybe not. Maybe the only essay. Here's mm. a contrast. I finished that paper the night it was due. Five pages, bare minimum, and I submitted it. What'd you get? We're not talking that about that. I passed. <laughs> I passed. I passed. I would like to say we're contrasting, but I passed. Mm. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It's a bad class to talk about. Let's talk about math. Let's talk about math. Let's talk about you know. Let's straight A's in math. math. I got straight A's in math, so you can sit down. No, I mean that's you can sit down. No, it's all good. Right. But we're like with math, then, have you ever found yourself just like excited to do some your assignments or like work on a project or something like that? I'm gonna judge you so hard. <laughs> I don't know about like assignments, but I will do math problems for fun sometimes when I'm really bored, <laughs> or just as a reset to remind myself I can do something. You know, uh. I'll have like elementary level workbooks. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's why like, I go to the gym. It's it's not it's not for like it's not to better myself. I can I know I can do three plus eight. You know, it's just to like remind. It's like a. It's, it's, just a, it's a relaxing thing. It's you know I know how to do mm. this. I don't have to think about it. I can I can do two times six while I'm asleep. So it's, it's interesting to to hear that you find simple math therapeutic, like as you know you know we're all different individuals. But as he says, he's very opposed to math. Yeah. And um, that gives me stress. Yeah. No, I can I can relate to that. I can relate to that. But it's funny because sometimes you're very opposed to these things and you say, I don't enjoy it, I really don't like it, whatever, whatever. And then you end up actually being kind of good at it. Like you can still do it, you can explain it to people, you understand it, but then sometimes you just have this thing built up in here that tells you like, this is really something that I dislike. I think part of that for some people is, this is too easy. I can mm. do this in my sleep. I don't want to think about that. You know, give me mm. something else to play with is like something mm. that happens too. Um, yeah, I just think for some people it's like, I can do it. Let's move on. What else can I do? You know, it's mm -hmm. part of that like want to do something better. Mm. Okay. Some, I don't know, weird, twisted kind of inspiration, motivation kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we each have our own individual motivating factors, and they're different for each one of us, depending on who we are, what we've experienced. But uh, that's what makes us humans. It would be a lot more boring if we were all carbon copies, as you said. And, um, you know, so moving away from these uh, explicit academic aspect of school. So this is a question that you guys may or may not have an answer to. But with your experience throughout your entire school, right, all the years that you've been in school, have you ever found yourself feeling that you could completely and totally trust one of your teachers? And is this, this not something like specifically academic, like, like, oh, I have trouble with this math problem? No. Like, this is like with a non-academic issue, a personal issue, like something that you're personally going through, like you're on the verge of a breakdown and the first person you want to confide in, my teacher. Okay, so go ahead and talk to us about that. No, yeah. So I have a very open personality. I'm very mm. naturally extroverted. And part of that was also like, wow, who would have thought? You know, what a shocker. <laughs> but, you know, like throughout quarantine also, a lot of people were like shut away and the same thing happened to me for a long time. But I became friends with... I became friends with this person who's like two years older than me. 
mm-hmm. I became friends with another person that was two years older than me. And then that other person, just, I got introduced to a friend group that was mm-hmm. significant, not significantly, you know, it's not weird or anything. But, you know, I just had a group of friends that were older than me. And it helped a lot with me personally, like, maturing. And I don't want to say this makes me better than, it doesn't make me better than others. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was, thanks. <laughs> you know, I was. That's given, that genuine relationship coming back. I was given, I was given, like, a helping hand mm-hmm. in being able to, like, talk to people. So I trust people. I can confide in people. And it also mm-hmm. helps because a lot of these people in the friend group also went through the IB program, which we're studying in right now. Mm-hmm. And so I already knew a lot about the teachers going in. I felt very comfortable. I mean, I even met one of the teachers virtually before, like, mm-hmm. before my sophomore year even ended. Who mm-hmm. was Rob? Oh. So I... Yeah, he's our he's our IB coordinator at our school, and he's also our history, so our senior year history teacher. Um, You're back on track. Yeah, no, 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 but you know, I was able to you know start getting to know these people. I was preparing myself mentally already, and then I get to school, and like a lot of people with kids, or a lot of kids with teachers, they feel very distant. You know, they're like, oh, sir, miss, ma'am, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of things. She calling me out. They feel, they feel like this need to like have a wall, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, they're authoritative figure, you know, mm-hmm. and this might be the case with a lot of other, sorry, this might be the case with a lot of other schools or teachers or authoritative figures, but for our teachers specifically with our IB teachers, they're very open, they're very welcoming, they're very friendly. Mm-hmm. And so what I've, I found is like, to be honest, I treat these teachers more as my friends and that helps me learn. And I can confine to them, I have these teachers know my entire life story. Hmm. You know, they know more than my counselor knows. You said half of those teachers? Not even half. Half meaning, like, a lot of them. Most of them, oh. actually. Actually, I think just about all of them know a lot about my life. And it's not in a bad way. I Some people might see it as a bad thing. But for me, I feel very comfortable. I like sharing with my teachers. I like hearing about their lives, too. And it's a way for me to connect with them. And hmm. it helps make me feel, like, with that safer feeling, that safer environment kind of thing. It lets me learn better. It lets me absorb things better. And if I need anything, you know, I feel very comfortable asking them. It lets her leverage them for college as, or for recommendation letters. <laughs> Having also, a good relationship with the teacher will do that for you. But it's like, something that I commend her for. No, but it's something like, that I can never do, but yeah. For some people, it's genuinely just, oh, yeah, I'm doing this so my teachers like me enough for college apps. But for me, I, it's like genuine on my part. Sure. Mm. Okay. It is, it is, it is. It no, is, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with some of that, she just also, like, one main thing I noticed with this kind of topic is I have one teacher who would be in class, like, in his classroom every day at, like, 7 a.m. Every day. Our school starts at 8.50. So you could totally walk in anytime you want. You know, no mm-hmm. one's getting us. No, 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 none of the students are really getting to school at 7. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you get there, you can just walk in. No one walks in. I would show up to class at eight, like forty-five, and I would be the first one inside, like the first student inside his door. And we talked about this, like, hmm. in depth, because it's there's that feeling. It's not just him; he's hmm. like the normal one here, because <laughs> most students feel that way. Hmm. Most students are like, I'm never the first one in the classroom. Right? They, they need something. I yeah. can't be first. It's weird. There's also that thing with like people not turning in their tests first. I don't care. I'll turn mm-hmm. it in. I don't. You know, I don't feel like, well, okay, test, maybe I'll turn it in. I'll wait for someone else to turn it in the test. Mm-hmm. But 
with like teachers or going up to grade them, I will not hesitate to be first. You know, mm -hmm. I'm very comfortable with that. I feel very okay with my teachers, and it's and it's not that our teachers aren't safe people, mm -hmm. or specifically our teachers. I, I I definitely agree. I'm very fortunate that our teachers are such great people. Mm. And there's definitely situations where you don't have those kinds of teachers. I'm fortunate. I'm so fortunate that, like, I don't have one teacher. I, like, all of my teachers I feel this mm -hmm. way about. But, you know, there's also that awkwardness that some people, they kind of put there themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily naturally there. The kids are just like, eh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to tell you none of my business. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been this way for a really long time, so I really don't see a problem talking to my teachers. I don't see a problem talking to, like, staff or anyone. I feel very comfortable. But, you know, like, this has been a thing since, like, middle school, elementary school. I've always been very open and close with my teachers. If I need help, I'll ask for it. Okay. Sometimes. Or I'll be close enough with my teachers that if I need help, they can tell. And they will be like, Amy, you have to take the break. Mm. Which happened earlier this the school year, I was like, you know, I was just really struggling. I was like, whatever, I'll power through. I was not, it was really rough time. I had a lot of stuff going on, but mm -hmm. my, like multiple teachers stepped in and were like, Amy, take a break. I'm mm -hmm. giving you this extension or I'm giving you this help that you need, or I am free this day, come in and mm -hmm. do extra tutoring if you need. And so it helps both of us in that way. And it also helps because I know a lot of teachers want to connect with their students. That, that's why they're teachers, you know? They're not just teachers for the paycheck. No way are they. No one's a teacher for the paycheck. You know, but they're there because they want to help students. And it's awkward for teachers because sometimes they struggle to connect with their students and they're like, yeah. well. What does lit not, mean? Yeah, not worth any of this, you know? I guess also personally, like my mom's a teacher, so that makes it a little oh, okay. easier for me to connect with teachers. Cause I just naturally feel safe around that kind of stuff, but. Why do they say heat? <laughs> Don't ask me. That's a question for a different, different teenager. He said, "Why do they say heat?" <laughs> okay. No, that was very, that was very insightful. So, um, you know, not to stereotype or not to be racist or anything, but as you guys mentioned earlier, you're both Asian, right? I'm definitely not Asian. So there's a lot of things I don't understand about Asian households. So do y'all feel that? you know, coming from Asian households, uh, that there is more pressure academically or in school to perform well in school? I have a very different answer than she does. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that, go ahead. So, I'm a fifth generation born in America. Okay. Um, which means that I look Japanese, but mm -hmm. internally the way I think, the mm -hmm. way that I guess I interpret things is through an American lens. Mm -hmm. And same thing for my parents. Mm. So yes, my mom wants me to be good academically. She wants me to get into a good college, but I don't th necessarily think that stems from that pressure of Asians coming to America where they're either first generation or they're immigrants where that pressure is immense because of the effort that your family has put into to try and sail across the Pacific to start a new life. Like mm -hmm. you, it makes sense for them to want you to have to be successful. The pressure to put down the roots themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it wasn't really there. 
I mean, of course my mom's going to push me, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just academics and just getting into college. Like, I played a lot of sports growing up, which is why I want to do kinesiology. So my mom, I think she did a good job. She tried her best to balance out academics and being good at school and, yeah, getting that solid job, but also letting me be a kid and mm-hmm. allowing me to be a well-rounded person. Okay. So, I'm also very fortunate in the sense that I have a lot less pressure than other... I'm first first generation, so my parents um, immigrated here and then I was born here. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's very different, I guess. I still don't have, like, the super pressured Mm -hmm. um, perspective because, like, I I was very fortunate that my dad has his faults, but, Mm -hmm. you know... He also has a lot to admire. You know, he really just set down those roots. He went, he was the first one here, and then later he, like, my mom came over. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it's, it's actually really incredible if I think about it. My dad set down, like, solid, really solid roots over, what, past 20? Mm. Close, no, just a little over 20 years mm-hmm. he's been here. He set down really solid roots, you know. You know, he's all these connections. So, like, he set up a very good background for me to have. Mm. So, I don't have the background of, you know, oh, of when can Bill and I need to fly back to China or something. That's, we should cut that. That was really weird. <laughs> but I'm very fortunate that, you know, I don't feel the need to have to set down the roots. My dad set down solid roots. I'm very comfortable. And sometimes it pushes me towards being, like, I don't know, like, complacent. You know, I sometimes I get too comfortable. He's gonna nod like crazy because it's true. Hmm. But you know, it's it's I'm very fortunate. I don't want to do English homework. I feel tired. Oh no, everyone else does. (sighs) No, but I'm very fortunate to have my parents be there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, in a similar way, my mom has also pushed me, but she also knows, you know. Also because she's a teacher. She understands the mm-hmm. well-rounded aspect and she, you know, she really understands how, like, kids work. So, growing up, she's always helped me a lot with, she pushed me towards a lot of arts. I was never really athletic. It's not even, it's, thanks. But it's painful to watch. But it's okay. Everyone has their strengths. Facts. Facts. No, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. Back to arts. No, yeah, my mom Choir. pushed me. Yeah, my mom pushed me towards arts. I found when I was younger, I was I started piano at four. I started, mm. you know, I did like painting. So Asian. Oh my god. It's so Asian. <laughs> but. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with but that. But it wasn't just my parents pushing me to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I ended up fighting my parents a lot later on. Mm. They're like, "You're not practicing. You can quit now." Mm. I was like, "But I don't want to quit because I did like music. I did. I really like piano. In fact, I'm thinking right now about getting back into piano." Yeah, same. Um, do flute club in college. Hey, yeah. you could do flute. That'd be good. Sorry. But with no, also, I'm very musical period so mm-hmm. right now i do a lot of singing stuff i teach like voice lessons too okay so stuff like that but also my parents have also provided community so they mm. have a group of family friends here who are also like literally like same background so 
you know, Chinese people who immigrated here and they have kids here. Mm-hmm. And so that's provided me with a community to feel safe in as well, just to talk to. And then also, um, my parents were really iffy on this one. Um, but, you know, gaming as well. So mm. I got into gaming like around when quarantine started. And so it was very good for me. I want to say very good because I'm awful at all the games still, but it was, it, again, it's that, like, community environment. So, like, it relieved a lot of pressure. My parents supported me to, like, partake in those activities as well. That was your initial uh, stint with gaming when quarantine started? Um, kind of, yeah. My parents always steered me away because they were like, oh. you're going to rot your brains and stuff like that. Which is true. Which is, Yeah. But the people she's met is... I've met a lot of really good people. They're very supportive. Hmm. They're, I, from what I know, they're great friends to her. Obviously, you're not playing on Xbox. You <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm playing League of Legends, so I don't know how... Oh, I don't know, that's okay. a lot, I don't know, that might be a little bit worse. I've heard some things about the League of Legends community <laughs> yeah. being very toxic, but... Uh, uh, yeah. But to each their own. Unfortunate, because I've also... I've started my own nonprofit from that. Mm. So, yes. With my parents, my parents have supported me a lot through that, so I have that pressure. Say it's very similar to, honestly, mm-hmm. but I have that pressure, but also a lot of support. Mm-hmm. So the pressure is like, you know, it makes sense. You know, the support, mm-hmm. the resources they've given me, mm-hmm. I can meet the expectations there. Can you tell us a little about that nonprofit that you started? Yeah, so um, I set up a gaming nonprofit. So how it runs is we run. You know, video game tournaments. Mm-hmm. We started off with just League of Legends, and then we expanded to Valorant because it's what I'm most comfortable with, what I'm mm-hmm. familiar with, what my friends are familiar with. So, I source my staff from my community, my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I co-founded this technically with my friend because so many. I'm just gonna keep using friends without any names, but you know, we saw someone else in the Ivy program mm-hmm. host a tournament, and we we're like, you know. This is going to sound really bad, but we can do better, you know? And so we're like, this is, I mean, it's a solid idea. Let's take it and do better. And so my sophomore year, spring, we hosted an event. Mm -hmm. Since then, we've rebranded, we've expanded, and we're going technically internationally. We've had people play from Europe. Um, As long as they can play on, you know, North American servers, because I'm not super, I'm not not the LCS, I'm not big Mm -hmm. deal. I can't connect those servers like that. But, you know, if they can play on North American servers, they're more than welcome to. It's for charity. You know, okay. so there are entry fees because it's for charity. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, yeah. Um, so we take those funds, we take donations, and then we set that up. And then, yeah, we just raise money and donate it to whichever charity we're supporting at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also very fortunate to have a lot of Her bank accounts. <laughs> we're very fortunate to have a lot of sponsors and like donors as well and we've had really great beneficiaries so far so. wow okay that's that's really awesome you know I'm praying for your success in that field and the growth of your nonprofit I'm praying for your success you know with kinesiology and your goals in kinesiology appreciate it. and really appreciate y'all's time you know this is very insightful um, very insightful for the next generation and uh, going into the future and uh, you know, thank you guys very much. And hopefully nothing went wrong with this. Like, y'all were done, weren't just like, why is he asking me all these dumb questions? <laughs> like, what's wrong with this dude? Why didn't but, you shut up? <laughs> that's probably what was going on most of the time. But, nah, thank you guys next time. Thank you guys. And uh, hopefully.
Hope to see you all again in the future. Thanks for tuning in to The Next Generation.